Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. If you like this podcast, you will love my new anthology called Moms Don't Have Time to Have Kids. Check it out, and you'll hear from 49 authors about all sorts of things moms don't have time to do. All the authors have been on this podcast. Also, check out my TikTok, at with Zibby and Tracy, my other podcast, Sex Talk with Zibby and Tracy. Check out Moms Don't Have Time to Write on Medium. And of course, my new publishing company called Zivi Books. And now back to our daily author interview site and a quick hello from some of my kids. Hi. Hi. Hello. Enjoy the show. Brad Meltzer is the author of The Lightning Rod, a Zig and Nora novel. Brad Meltzer, if you don't know, is the number one New York Times bestselling author of 12 previous thrillers, including The Escape Artist, with more than 11 million copies sold. He also helped find the missing 9-11 flag with his History Channel TV show, Brad Meltzer's Lost History, and Brad Meltzer's Decoded. In addition, he is the author of the nonfiction bestseller, The Lincoln Conspiracy, as well as the blockbuster children's history book series, Ordinary People Change the World. You've probably seen all those books when characters in history appear as as children, like I am Oprah Winfrey and all of those books. Anyway, they're amazing. And I actually talked to Brad about those books and his other books on this podcast before, so you can go back and listen to our previous episode if you just can't get enough. A PBS Kids TV show based on his books, Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum, now has 28 million viewers and was recently nominated for multiple Emmys and TCA awards. Brad has written best-selling comic books with Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. The Hollywood Reporter put him on their list of the 25 most powerful authors, and he's a favorite author of multiple U.S. presidents. I wonder how they know that, but anyway, that's amazing. He has been asked to serve as a member of the America 250 Council to celebrate the upcoming 250th birthday of the country. He lives in Florida with his wife and three children, so welcome back to Brad. Welcome, Brad. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books again to discuss The Lightning Rod, your latest novel. Congratulations. Thank you. I love being back. I am not sure I can ever valet park my car again after this book. I know, Trust me, this is one of my greatest fears come true. 
And whenever I write a thriller, especially something like this, which is personal and in that kind of normal universe, the book opens with my greatest fear is handing your keys to a valet parking your car. And in the opening scene, as the character hands his keys to the valet, the valet takes the car and instead of parking it in the parking lot, he hits the GPS button. He says the words, go home. And now he's driving to that man's house with his car keys and his house keys. It's my nightmare come true, right? And, 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 he, the, it, and the garage and, opener. And, oh, and, 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 he, and he basically, it's a robbery, right? This is what it is. He's got a garage opener. He opens it up. You, know, you can crack those in an instant, all based on reality. You can see everything in there. He gets into the house and someone's waiting for him with a gun and says, you really think we didn't know what you were up to? And this isn't a robbery at all. It's a trap. And I'll just say the body show up, the body goes to our hero, Zig, who is a mortician who finds the body, and it unleashes one of the greatest secrets of our main heroine, Nola, which is what the book's about. And the book asks, you know, what's the best secret about yourself that no one knows? I just ruined chapter one of The Lightning Rod, but it is absolutely (laughs) 100% to be based on my fear every time I hand those keys over. Why doesn't this guy and we in my family know you take your house keys with you, but it's all based on my own craziness. I worry about so many things, but that was not something that was on my list, but now it will be on my list. Yeah. Particularly the, I'm going to take the garage door opener too and not use the GPS. Anyway, I love how- I'm glad, I'm glad the lightning rod has given you nightmares already. Yeah, it's given me nightmares already. <laughs> Although I feel like my kids who like art, I'm like after reading about Zig and how he does- how he can make magic out of faces that have been completely destroyed. Perhaps that's another way to go if you have an artistic child, that you could be a mortician and 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 doctor up people's bodies in, in the very respectful way that Zig does it in this book. Listen, I found Zig based on real people. I was obsessed with, I do a lot of work for the USO. They bring thriller writers. So myself and Sandra Brown have gone, and Kathy Reichs, who does the Bone series, we've all gone to Kuwait and Oman and Qatar and Cuba. They've taken us all over the world. And I was there, I heard about a place called Dover Air Force Base. I'm not a big military person, so I didn't know much about it. But I knew, and we've all know where our fallen troops, when they're killed, when the soldiers come home, we see those flag-covered coffins, and you see everyone saluting them. You also means that the Pentagon victims on the Pentagon flight from 9-11, those bodies went to Dover. The astronauts, when the space shuttle blew up, those bodies went to Dover. Every spy we have abroad, James Bond or anyone else, when those bodies come, they come to Dover, which means that Dover's a place filled with secrets. And I was like, I want to get in there. And that's where mm-hmm. my character Zig works. And then I was like, I got the book, right? I have this great set location. I have a great setup. I got everything. But I was, I wanted this character, a female character named Nola. And I was in a an army of all places had a, a warehouse that was filled with artwork and they had paintings, all these paintings done by soldiers. I'm like, why does the army have all this art? And they told me, and this is true, that since World War I, the army has had an actual painter on staff painting disasters as they happen from storming the beaches of Normandy to Vietnam to 9-11. And I said, you're telling me that everyone else is racing in with guns blazing and we have a guy who races in with paintbrushes in their pocket. I'm like, I got to meet that guy. He sounds crazy. I want to meet him. And they said to me, you mean her? You want to meet her? Mm. It was a woman. And that's where Nola Brown, our hero in the book, was born. And I said, now I know what the, you know, Nola is the lightning rod. Trouble finds her. She's my favorite character I've ever worked on. She's who everyone's, you know, reacts to in the book. And as a hero, I don't think I've ever found anyone so developed as when I, in that moment, found that lead character. Wow. 
You even have- And she's an artist, right? I mean, obviously Zig's an artist in one way on bodies and Nola is a painter. And she, when she goes into a situation, she can find something about you. You don't even realize you're putting out there. She sees with a painter's eye. So she'll see which way the tongue on your belt buckle faces. And she knows whether you're a righty or a lefty. She sees that there's crow's feet just on one of your eyes and not the other, which means you're the one who's the marksman in the room. You're the assassin because she can, that's the eye, eye you aim with and squint with. She can see which weight leg you put more weight on because you had knee surgery. What she can find is your weakness. What Nola finds her strength is she can always find your weakness. And as a character, especially as a heroine and a thriller, you know, I love the fact that people have reacted to her and taken to her. I need her to like come over. I want to get, you know, I would like to interview Nola. How do we make that happen? Listen, you're talking to her. I mean, no, the (laughs) truth is, is Nola, Nola, you know, I gave her name Nola Brown. The the real uh, artist in residence is a woman named Amy Brown, who's just one of the most amazing people. And and like Nola, she has, and like myself, had a teacher who changed her life, who saw that she had this talent. And I think for those of us who have had our lives touched by that teacher who, you know, remember the first person who ever told you you were good at something, that person leaves an indelible mark on you. And, and Nola only had it, only found that love in her teacher. Her parents threw her away. She was treated like garbage. She was always treated like trash. And Zig, our other hero in the book, he basically lost someone very dear to him. I don't want to ruin the scene, but lost someone dear to him. And that's why he's trying to find help people find closure in their lives when they lose someone close. But, you know, he will never have a daughter. Nola will never have a father. And that's the true North for Zig and Nola is they both will never, ever have what they want. And those needs are so deep and so raw on them that yes, you know, yes, there's, there's a plot and there's a mystery and there's a murder and there's, you know, all these wonderful things that will happen and secrets will be revealed. But at the core of it, of these books, the lightning rod is always about that character of Nola. It's always about who she is and what she needs. I feel like grief, though, pervades a lot of these scenes in one way, shape, or form. Even with the, since we've already been giving away the first chapter, when the the person whose car is stolen and he has a teen son, and there is this scene with the son and the mom where they are so, he is sobbing and saying like I can't do it, and she's like I'm here for you, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, and you feel like. Like you just want to cry with this family. How is this family going to make it? Listen, that's uh, that's me burying my own parents. I lost my mom. I lost my dad. And I spent a long time Zibby, trying to ask myself, how do I get over it? Right. My mother was the greatest person on this planet. When, when, I, when my second book did poorly, I called my mom devastated. Like my career's over, they're shutting down, the publisher was shutting down, and have anything my mom said to me, I'll never forget. She said, I'd love you if you were a garbage man. And she wasn't taking a crack at garbage men. You know, my uncle was a garbage man, but she was saying, I don't care if you're the king of England or anyone else, I love you. And then I lost her, right? Lost her breast cancer. And now I spent all this time going, how do I get over that? And I wrote all these books trying to figure out how do I get over it? And I finally realized, maybe this is why we're talking today, that I will never get over the loss of my mother and I never should get over the loss of my mother. The only thing you can ever do when you lose someone who touches you to your core like that, the only thing you can do is you transform. You become someone else. And it's not a better person, lesser person, but you have to, you you do become someone else. And I think for me, you you are absolutely right. I, I love writing those scenes that you're reacting to because they are real. They are me dealing with the grief of everything I've been through. And it's funny, my, my 20-year-old son 
who never, my kids never care about anything I do. They're never impressed with anything. My, my daughter said to me, dad, why does anyone want you to sign their books? Why do they want you? Like, thanks. You know, you understand what feeds you every day, right? But my son was reading the book and he's like, dad, there's so much of us in here. Mm. He knew. And not, he's like, all this love that you, all the love I've had for my children is that love that Zig has for his daughter. All the love you see in that scene and what he's saying is what I, is my love for my kids and my wife. Like that is what always will drive the emotional core of these books. Wow. Well, the emotional resonance resonance is powerful. I mean, who everybody has lost. Everyone has felt that way or maybe not. I hope, well, I certainly have. I certainly know a lot of people who have, and I find it so interesting. You know, people say, how can I go on? And what you're basically saying is I can't go on. Like I, the way you conceptualized it, that version, you won't go on. Like that's you're it. not that same person. You yeah. you truly are not that same person. You know, I felt for a very long, I was just talking to someone about it. And we were saying that you are, you're on this, when, when, when you lose someone, again, who touches you deep to your soul, it's like you're in a car accident and the car is still spinning. Mm-hmm. And I remember going out, my mom and dad first died. I remember going out and walking around and I see people smiling, just doing mm-hmm. nothing but smiling. I'd be like, how can these people be smiling when I'm so sad right now? Oh. And, and I remember just being for months, months and months and months. And it's a roller coaster you're on, right? And, and, and it, this is what I've realized watching what I've dealt with with my own parents is that in the beginning, you'll hear a song that reminds you of your parents and, mm-hmm. you, and I'll be sobbing on like some Barbara Streisand song that my mother just thought was the greatest thing in the world. And I remember sending it to a Barbara Streisand concert before she died, just being like, you have to go. And I would be undone by that. It would be the most horrible, like ruin my day. I'm wrecked by this old song, this old smell, this old, her old perfume if I smell it on someone. And then that roller coaster you're on levels. I don't know how. It's just time. There's no magical answer. There's no magical way to make it happen, but it levels. And those things, and this is actually in the lightning rod. Zig, Zig talks about this in the book. Those things that torch you in the beginning when, you're, when your loved one dies, eventually those same exact things become little rewards that show mm-hmm. up in the universe and you go, oh, that's great. Like I remember when my mom died, I just, I don't know. And I'm not some new agey woo-woo person, but I remember seeing lots of butterflies. I mm-hmm. just saw, when my mom died, all these butterflies were around. I never see butterflies. And now when I, and when I saw in the beginning, I was like, what is this? I would be so upset. And now when I see a butterfly, I know it's my mom saying, dumbass, pick your head up and just go. And I'm like, thank you, mom. Thank you for that. And, and it's the same thing with an old song. I'll hear some old BG song. My sister, in fact, yesterday texted me. She was here and she's like, more than a woman just came on, which is my mom and dad's. That's their dance song. Oh. And she literally texted me last night. She's like, more than a woman's on. I'm like, awesome. And it was just like, it was now a gift. That thing that mm-hmm. hurt us so much became this gift that was now like, now it's something you could take something good from. And I think that, you know, the lightning rod, when you have your one hero who's a mortician, when you have this other hero who's this incredibly powerful woman who's dealing with her own grief, I can't help but put my own into it. It's, it's what has to fill it. I'm so sorry about your loss. But no, no, but don't that's the thing is right. It's like that's what you say when someone like is freshly dead, right? That's the thing that right. I have to say it anyway. I have to say it. I know it's totally I was just talking actually to this woman who lost her husband and she was like, Can we stop saying I'm sorry? Like I say I'm sorry when I step on your foot. I don't say I'm sorry, you know, this woman Kelsey Chidek, she's awesome. I can't say I'm sorry. I'm sorry is not the same thing. Like, how can we even use the same expression? But I don't know. I had to no, say but I, don't, I, have I, to, I have to say you have to say something. Like maybe I'm sorry is the wrong word. I feel I am, I feel your loss 
And I am sorry you had to go through that. And I yeah, know but it's no, not as I, fresh, but. No, but I, I'm not, I actually love that you feel that. That is a beautiful thing to say. I was actually saying it because I don't feel it as that anymore. I feel like I'm blessed that I have my parents. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, this is the best story I can tell you about my mom. When, when Borders Books was still around, the head of Borders Sales said to me, guess where your books sell nationally more than anywhere else? And I said, I don't know, New York City, 8 million people in one place. No. <laughs> I said, Washington, D.C. I write thrillers that are set in D.C. No. The number one place where my book sold was the Boca Raton, Florida Borders, one mile from the furniture store where my mother used to work, which means my mother single-handedly beat 8 million New Yorkers, right? <laughs> like that's the power of a Jewish mom. Like that's the <laughs> ultimate power of, of any mother. And, and I love the fact that as crazy as my mother was, and she just poured love onto us. Like, I'm not sorry at all. Like I, I, the only thing I, I feel bad about is I, I wish my kids had my mom. Yeah. I have my mom. My mom is still with me every day. I think of her every single, I remember going to my father-in-law who buried his mom when he was in his thirties, really young, younger than I was in my, I was in my thirties, like but he was, I was in late and he was in early. And I said, how, I said to him, how often do you think your mom? And he said to me every day. And I remember at the time going like, what? And that was exactly how it, my mother's with me every single day. And my, my mother is in all, all the pages of the crazy mom in the lightning rod. That's my mother. I remember going, when I wrote my first book, I, I never tell this story. I, I wrote in my very first thriller, the mom and the dad in the book I wrote, I was a kid at that point. I was in my twenties, but I wrote my mom and dad. And my editor said to me, you can't keep these parents like this. They're too crazy. No one will believe them. <laughs> and so I did the best thing I could do is I took my parents to meet my editor and I literally schlepped them to New York. They, I sat, brought them in the office and for, it must've been 15 minutes, half hour, whatever it was. I sat in the, the editor's office while my parents talked this poor man's face off. And, and I remember they left the office and my editor turned to me and he said, keep the scenes as they are. <laughs> And I just love that that they are forever in all of my thrillers. They're always there. Uh Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals. You can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything, it might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe 
three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy. And you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. You know, it's funny as a mom, you know, I'm always so worried. Not that, I mean, I I have my parents luckily, but I'm more worried about my death as it affects my kids, right? Like I'm not worried about me itself. And so I always am telling them, I'm like, listen, if I one day drop off the face of the earth, I'm sure I'm giving my kids all these horrible anxiety disorders, but you know, whatever it comes with being a child of mine. I'm like, I will, I will be there. Like, I feel like I'm going to do whatever I'm going to make sure. So you don't have to worry about that. But I think one of the things you're saying about losing people you love like that so much, it's not just that you lose those people, but you lose that like steady stream of love that you receive from those people. So it's almost like, you know, you're under a shower head and then all of a sudden it turns off. Right. So you also have to deal with that lack of like constant love that you get, which also is like all of a sudden you're, you're standing out there freezing being like, I need a towel. No, my sister and I talk about this all the time. No one will ever, I, my sister and I always say, no one will love us. Like my mom loved us. And I don't mean the love of like, Oh, it's a mother love. I'm talking about the, the absurd, unquestionable, like ridiculous love. Like I remember, you know, if I, if I started a fire and and lit someone on fire, my mother would be like, good fire. Like she would like, (laughs) whatever the crime was, my mom would compliment before. But, but I remember, in fact, it hit me recently. I said this to my wife who, you know, God bless her. She just understands. Right. And she, cause she has a great, amazing mom too. I got the first copy of the lightning rod came in the mail, right? My kids have seen, and my wife has seen a dozen thrillers come before they've seen our, our ordinary people change the world series. They've seen 30 of those kids books enter this house, opening a box and seeing a new book. As, as thrilling as it is to me, they've seen it. And the lightning rod came a week and a half ago and I opened it up and I was so excited and, and no one cared. And again, I don't need it. It's okay. I didn't need the love. But what I, what I missed was not that. What I missed is I said to my wife, I'm like, my mom would have made such a big deal over this stupid thing. Like, and, and that is that thing that like no one replaces. No one will love you for those dumb things like your mom will. In fact, when one of the books came out, I remember I, uh, this was years and years ago, this book that I loved, it got the best reviews everywhere. USA Today wrote, it was called The First Council. And USA Today wrote this giant headline that said, make first your last and just rip the book apart. It was a terrible review. And I called my mom and I said, mom, I said, you see that review? She goes, oh, don't worry. No one reads that paper anyway. I'm like, mom, it's the number one paper in the country. The most, it's USA Today. It's not like the the local, you know, so, and, but she didn't care. She didn't care. That's true. No one reads the articles. It's fine. They skim. <laughs> oh, I've gotten bad reviews where people have said to me, that's, I saw your great review. And I'm like, that's when I realized no one's reading articles anymore. That's okay. But I remember my mom, I, you know, when my mom, when we hit the number one spot on the bestseller list, I, you know, they called my wife because I wasn't home. And then my wife told them where to find me. And the first person I called was my mother. 
And I called my mom to tell her, you know, I was the first in my family to go to a four-year college. So to tell her that we hit the number one spot, she was oh a huge God. deal. And my mom starts bawling. She's Aww. just sobbing and, and she's crying. I said, and now I'm worried she's in the car and she's going to like crash the car. So I say to her, mom, wh wh where are you? Like to make sure she's okay. And of course, where is she? She says, I'm at Marshall's. And I'm like, <laughs> of course you're at, like, here we are the number one spot and you're still trying to buy a regular socks for a cheap, you know, like God bless my mother. Like she still believed to her dying day that Marshall's was the greatest place of all time. And, and, and I can't disagree. We grew up there. Can you send me a picture of her later? Like when you're done with all this? I will happily. I would happily love to see her photo. I, I would love that. I feel like I have such a clear vision of her in my head now. Oh, she's easily, she's easily conjured. <laughs> well, I know we haven't really talked about your book, but I feel like it is not a stupid thing to be excited when the when the carton arrives. <laughs> I think it's still, no matter how many books you've written, I still think it's really awesome. And each book is its own accomplishment. So whatever I say, you should, I'm sorry, the kids aren't, you know, kids don't care about anything, but oh, they don't care about anything. You know, somebody should, you should, not, you should take that victory dance and still enjoy it. Cause like, there's so, I don't know, there's so much work involved in each book. You might as well like take the little victories and Oh, I think, I think when they're when I can impress my kids and there's one scene in the book, I was, I'm always obsessed with how you keep secrets from people, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, if we, if I text you something, we know that that text can be found and, and show up on the, you know, someone can grab it. If I, even if I have signal or WhatsApp encryption can be cracked, we all know it. So I said to my, I always work with these people who have like high level government jobs who have to do this stuff and these acronym agencies. And I said to them, what do I do now? Like, how do I do it? And they said to me, this is a great one. They said, and this, this is the one to impress my kids. They said, if you have a Hotmail account and I write, write an email to Zibby, mm -hmm. okay? Don't send it. Just hit save draft. Don't mm -hmm. send it. Now give Zibby your login. She's going to go into the same account. She's going to go into save draft. She's going to read what you wrote. She's going to delete it right back to you. She will not send it either. Now you and I are speaking and we've sent nothing on the internet. And I thought that was so great. I put it in a book and then General Petraeus, the head of the CIA, used that trick when he was cheating on his wife. No. And I called my buddy and I'm like, that's my trick. You just took my <laughs> trick. So he gave me, he gave me a brand new trick that's even better that you will see what the government is, you'll see. I can't say the, what, who does it, but you will see when you read the lightning rod and you get to that scene where I tell that exact story, you'll see what the next trick is. Oh but gosh. I didn't make it up as a thriller writer. That's real. It really happened. And that to me is the fun is when my kids can react to that, that's better than the open carton. Like that's, that's when I'm like, okay, I impressed my kid on one day. It'll never happen again. I can wait another 10 years for it. But if I have that, I'm okay. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I feel like I, I wanted to call you when all this stuff was going on with this invasion and the war. And I feel like you are the, one of the, you, you know, you're one of the most astute, like smart people about all political, everything, everything. And I feel like, you know, I, like, I want to call you like, you're my dad, like, okay, now what do I need to know? What do you think? What's going to happen next? You know, I need that like reassurance or are we going to be okay? Are they going to be okay? Yeah. Listen, I mean, it, it, it's a crazy time as we're talking about this right now. I mean, but, but what we have to remember is and even, even the, for the people in power, is they're human beings and we forget that, right? We forget we, we want to yell at the government and yell at the president, and yell at the so-and-so, we yell at... And like, I, I'll tell you, you know, my first job ever was an intern. I was an intern for Joe Biden. And then I remember getting, getting fan letters from 
President Clinton and President George H.W. Bush, who passed away last year. I don't know if I told you the story, but one of the things before President Bush died, and we couldn't tell anyone at the time it was a secret, but I can tell a story now, is they were bringing in his favorite authors to read to him before he died. Like, oh and, and I was one of the authors. And so I go to, I'm in Kennebunkport, Maine. They bring me in. It's my wife and myself and the Secret Service leave. And we know this is the end, right? It's just, it's me, my wife, President Bush and his service dog, Sully. And they say to me, listen, Brad, you're going to read to him for five minutes. He's going to fall asleep in five minutes. He's just sleeping a lot these days. I said, you got it. I'm honored to do it. I'm honored to be here. And I bring one of my books with me and I get into the room and I see he has a stack of books on his desk. And one of the books is, is my book, The First Conspiracy. It's about a secret plot to kill George Washington. Not a fictional thriller like The Lightning Rod. It was actually a history book. And I say, sir, you want to read this? He says, mm-hmm, because he can't speak at this point. He's just, mm-hmm or mm-mm. And I read to him in five, 10 minutes, he's sleeping. And I'm like, great, I'm just going to finish a chapter and we'll sneak out of here. And I get the scene that I read to, brought to read to him was the moment where George Washington presents his troops with the, the copy of the Declaration of Independence and has it read to them the first time. And this is the first time they're going to hear it, I should say. And I get to those words, those words we all know. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. And President Bush's eyes pop open. And now he's wide awake. He's locked on me. It's like, it's like intravenous from the Declaration of Independence itself. <laughs> And he, we finish the chapter and I say, sir, you want to read another chapter? Mm-hmm. And I finished that one. You want to read another, sir? Mm-hmm. And another? Mm-hmm. And instead of being there for five, 10 minutes, my wife and I are there for an hour. And I say goodbye to him. And I know I'm never going to see him again. I know it's the end. And when we went to his funeral, we got invited to his funeral. And, and the thing that I remember is the one word that everyone kept using over and over was this word decency. Mm -hmm. decency. And yes, I think it's because he was a decent guy, but I think we're a culture right now that's starving for decency. All we see when we look up the news, when we look up whatever's happening, we see this war that's happening right now is, you know, we're starving for us to remember that we're just human beings, all struggling for just, we all have hopes. We all have dreams. We all have wants. And if you can see people like that, I think you'll just be far better off. And I think, you know, one of the lines, my favorite lines I've ever written in one of my books, it says, the most intimate thing in life is to be understood and be understood by someone else. And I think right now we all need a little bit of that. It's beautiful. Okay. Brad, what a half an hour in my day. Just like amazing. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for all of it. Congratulations on your book. And I hope to talk to you again soon. I can't wait. And thanks. I do have to end by saying thank you for supporting the lighting route, but thanks for supporting the kids books. You were one of the first and I appreciate it from Oh my I God, these books are amazing. Are you kidding me? I know, me? I know, but but you but you and I met through those, but I appreciate, I know everyone's like, oh, we want to talk to Thriller, but I just need to personally thank you because you were like first on board when I we were doing- I love, uh, love, and love, I, love those books. So I know the Muhammad Ali, we just did Muhammad Ali and Malala are the two newest, but you were there way before they were the newest ones. And I just need to say thank you for supporting oh, those. You're welcome. Thanks for writing them. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brad. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details